entrepreneurs need to give themselves a pat on the back because talking about scaries, they have to face nearly all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and so it is not for the faint of heart. And, and I think that the women that are out there, um, you know, chasing their dreams and monetizing a hobby, figuring out how to run a business while they raise children, figuring out how to, you know, whether or not they're calling it a side gig right now or whatever, you know, for those women to just kind of go, man, you're killing it. Welcome to The Scaries, brought to you by Razor Co. I'm Sky And I'm Talitha. We are proudly broadcasting from Treaty 4 territory here in Regina. In each episode, we tackle alarming, inconceivable, questionable, shocking, and scary statistics relating to, impacting, and intervening with the lives of women and girls worldwide. You'll hear the scary truth, take away tools and tips, and learn about what you can do about it. And the Scaries is an opportunity to raise awareness, share resources, and collectively use our voice as women and supporters of women to make some real change. We'd like to know that the views expressed on this podcast are solely our own opinions, and um, we may be sharing some statistics that are triggering, so just please listen with caution. As straight, cisgendered, white, able-bodied settler women, we are aware of the privilege that we have, and we want to use this platform to spread awareness about the scary reality that women from around the world face in different life situations. Why? Because sometimes nothing is scarier than being a woman. So welcome back to a new year, everybody. 2024. Woohoo. Uh, we made it. I know. Uh, so yeah, we did take a little bit of a, we took a week off. Sorry. If you One really whole week. Us, but uh, we just need a little bit of downtime to celebrate yeah. and reflect on the past year. But we're back. When we started um, the podcast, we didn't anticipate that we would for one, need a break, um, but also that people would notice that we took a break. So thank you. So, thank so you for helpful. noticing. Yes. I'm sorry for, for letting you down. <laughs> if you didn't, then now you know. It's okay. But uh, <laughs> we'll yes, we're you. back. We're back with our weekly episode. And today, uh, as we embark on this new year, we think about all of our goals as usual, our mm-hmm. resolutions, our goals, whatever you want to call them. And for us at Raise Her Co., that comes with always like a full-on analysis of what happened last year, what went well, what we need to work on, um, what are our priorities, what do we need to do to remain sustainable. And um, and with that progression and the, that re- goal review in mind, as entrepreneurs ourselves, and we never call ourselves that because no, it feels weird. We do have full time jobs, but we also have a full on business as well. Mm-hmm. So it's weird for us to call ourselves on that. But anyway, uh, we think about the highs and lows of women in general who are business owners mm-hmm. um, and what and inventors and just in the business world mm-hmm. and what they're going through and you know how it's changed or how it stayed the same since the dawn of time. And so today we are going to talk about what it's life what life is what life is like as a female entrepreneur today in the past and where we're going and mm-hmm. we are totally in the business of leaders raising leaders and we do this in many ways and many of those ways involve collaborating collaborating with donating to cheerleading amplifying the voices of many 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 local female led or operated businesses. Um, and we do this because we le- believe in community over competition. We yes. believe in collaboration over competition. And we know that when one individual or one business is successful, that's female owned, 
we all can be successful. There's not, there's not finite spaces at the table. There's unlimited. And let's think of it that way. So that's why we're here today to mm -hmm. uh, shine a light on what it's like to be a female entrepreneur today and uh, kind of what are the mm -hmm. barriers and what are the opportunities. So another reason why we chose this topic on top of that is that we look at Canada, where we live, where we're based, um, the Canadian economy relies heavily on small and medium-sized businesses. They actually account for 99.8% of total businesses running across the nation. That's wild. So even though the numbers look good, there's a worry, though, about fewer and fewer women starting their own businesses. Women play a crucial role. We don't need to share that. We, <laughs> we know that they play a crucial yeah. role in helping small and medium sized businesses grow, but their mm -hmm. numbers are going down. Right now, only about 17.5% of entrepreneurs in Canada are women. 17.5% in Canada. And that's the Canadian national average. That's mm -hmm. not in Saskatchewan or other rates. I think uh, the rate in Saskatchewan is about 15%. So the, pow the powers to be are concerned. Like that is a concern. Mm -hmm. uh, this underrepresentation not only holds back women's economic opportunities, but also limits Canada's overall economic growth. Mm -hmm. And when we drill down to the local data, so for our province in Saskatchewan, a recent report from the Women Entrepreneurs of Saskatchewan, uh, aka WESC, uncovered that advancing gender equality in the creation of economic activity can potentially add are you ready for this? 150 to 420 billion wow. to Canada's GDP by 2026. That's a 6 to 18% increase. That's a lot of dollar bills. Oh, yeah. Uh, and hold on to your hats because there's a lot more numbers coming <laughs> with that. The Royal Bank of Canada estimates that simply a 10% increase in the number of women-owned small and medium-sized enterprises or businesses would add an additional 180, sorry, 198 billion to Canada's GDP. Just a 10 small 10% increase. Wow. So assuming that Can or Saskatchewan accounts for 4.2% of the national gross domestic product, just because of our small population and all of that jazz, we are 4.2%. The province stands to still benefit from an injection of 6.3 to 17.64 billion in GDP. So like the numbers, it's the proof is in the pudding. 100%. Let's yeah. get more women moving on the business Literally. side. In 2019 alone, women entrepreneurs contributed $23.1 billion to the Saskatchewan economy mm. and created nearly 192,000 jobs. Wow. That's a lot wow. of jobs. That yeah. is a lot. Considering like our population in this city is like 250,000 or like that's a lot. Significant. Yep. Yeah. So why and how do more women entrepreneurs lead to a stronger economy, you ask? Well, the same report outlined that when Saskatchewan women lead a business, they are more likely to headquarter that business in this province. Mm. Yeah, which is cool. They yeah. like have Staying it local. Yeah, keep it local. Support local. Keep it local. Women run businesses also tend to create more jobs. They contribute to 26% of the total GDP and hire around 33% of the workforce in Saskatchewan. Mm. Digging a bit deeper into sector-specific data, women own 33% of businesses in the health and social assistance sectors. These sectors are expected to become key partners in Saskatchewan's economy in the future. They require a lot of workers, which mm -hmm. means they could create many jobs. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, how do we further enhance that economic contribution of $23.1 billion to the GDP, you ask? Well, mm -hmm. by supporting women entrepreneurs to scale their businesses. Woo! Yeah. 
So while the potential for women entrepreneurs is significant Huge. and something we should never lose sight of, it's important to also point out that there's so many roadblocks. Mm -hmm. There has been, there are, still are, and there probably will be in the near future. So what are, what are we, these roadblocks are preventing women from starting and growing their businesses. So let's acknowledge some of those um, and then we can mm -hmm. talk about what we're going to do about them. So some of these, the main ones, the main barriers are limited access to capital lack of networking opportunities, limited hmm. mentorship and support, and social barriers. It's so interesting that two of those are things that we just tackle as Raise Her. Like, Oh, yeah. And we didn't even know this when we started no. Raise Her. No. Interesting. <laughs> but that's important. And actually, we know in our, like, what we started Raise Her was all about helping women with building confidence and connections. So yeah. two kind of the things that are heavily tied to this. So mm -hmm. totally. When we lean into a couple of those factors specifically, one study we came across found that almost half, 49% of women in Canada are looking to start a business or side hustle to meet the expenses and combat inflation. But mm -hmm. a significant majority, 87% of these women claim that household responsibilities keep them from taking the leap. And boy, do I believe it. I yeah. do. <laughs> well, honestly, I mean, like, you... It's another job. We're, it's a full-time job. We're recording this in at late at night because we no, already we hours responsibilities yeah. <laughs> like it's not not during the day it's evening for us yeah yeah and that's not all according to owner media's recent survey 43 percent of those who don't get a chance who do get a chance to run a business complain of lack of funding mm. while 87 percent of women entrepreneurs say they would appreciate mentorship or coaching only 40 percent could afford one so it all is connected. Yeah. These are just a few of the challenges that hinder growth and potential of women entrepreneurs from contributing to the Canadian economy. So again, there's so much potential there. We there's... just need to work on addressing some of these key barriers. Yeah. And like creating opportunities. Mm -hmm. So looking at the history, throughout history, women in entrepreneurship faced immense challenges and barriers. Despite not being allowed to own property in many places, they still filed patents using their husband's names, which I was like, yes, mm -hmm. <laughs> go work. Uh, but like most women in history, their contributions were often overlooked and even erased. In the past, women had to overcome significant hurdles to excel in business with limited legal, financial, and political rights, things that we talked about in our recent episode, in the Barbie episode, for instance, like as early as the 1950s, mm -hmm. or as late, early, as recent as the 1950s, <laughs> 60s, uh, like women couldn't own a credit card oh, or yeah. like open, open a bank, bank account. account. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> well, <laughs> twinning. Yeah. <laughs> Their success uh, was still remarkable, and many women entrepreneurs in the 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries succeeded despite facing considerable hardship. So let's unpack that because I feel mm -hmm. like those times to be a female entrepreneur, be an inventor, really do anything aside from stay at home are like, right. if you did those things, it was like, wow. Oh, amazing. So let's, let's not erase. Let's bring back and mm -hmm. shine a light on some of those amazing women from then who had to face so much but did amazing things. Totally. So yeah. um, there's a couple incredible women we want to highlight and there's so many, but we only have time for a couple. So no, the first one is Madam CJ Walker. You may have heard her from... Uh, Netflix. This is where I found out about her. She's yeah. amazing. Um, she was a black entrepreneur and a philanthropist from the States. She's also a known political and social activist. So she was recognized as the first women, first woman self-made millionaire in America by the Guinness World Book of Records. Damn. She made her wealth by creating a line of beauty and hair products specifically for black women. 
She was orphaned at age seven. She defied odds and went on to found Madam C.J. Walker Manufacturing Company. And in 2013, Sundial Brands purchased um, Madam C.J. Walker's Enterprises and continues to celebrate her legacy with oh, its hair care products. Amazing. In 1993, she was inducted to the National Women's Hall of Fame. And in 1998, a commemorative stamp was issued in her memory by the U.S. Postal Service. To, as also a part to feature her Black Heritage ser- series. So kudos to Madam C.J. Walker. Damn. Yeah, yeah that Netflix uh, miniseries, I think, was uh, called Self Made. I don't know if it's still oh, available, yeah. but it's really Octavia so Spencer. Good. I it's love her. So yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, so good. Um, so another amazing woman of the past is Elizabeth Arden. You may know her. She's Canadian. Mm-hmm. She's born in 1884. She opened her first salon in New York City in 1910, and she was instrumental in making the use of cosmetics respectable. By 1915, she was selling her products internationally, and her company was on its way to becoming a global brand. Dang. In 1966, she died at the age of 81, but that time, by that time, there were more than 100 Elizabeth Arden salons around the world. So another amazing woman. There's, is there not one here? Elizabeth Arden? There yeah, used to be. I don't know. I swear there, there was one. Anyways, congratulations. But we all know Elizabeth. the name. Yeah. yeah. And Viola Desmond, another Canadian businesswoman who was also a civil libertarian who built a career uh, as a beautician. So all the beauty mm-hmm. beautician advancements we've had and was a mentor to young black women in Nova Scotia through Desmond School of Beauty and Culture. Desmond created the school in order to provide training that would support the growth of employment for young black women. However, the story of her courageous refusal to accept an act of racial discrimination provided inspiration to a later generation of black persons in Nova Scotia and in the rest of Canada, which we highly recommend you look up because we don't have the time to cover all those details today. But check that out and read more on that. Yeah. Google it. And there are so many other women that have been so inspirational and so instrumental in creating advancements totally. beyond the beauty world, like in science and technology and like aviation and so many key things that we take for granted today that were actually thought of by women that are conveniently erased from history. So yeah. what is that book that you read um, that talks about? Women? Oh, Invisible Women. Invisible Women. Read that like book. I have it handy somewhere. Maybe not. It's probably under my computer here. It's probably under uh, Yeah, it's an amazing book about all the women that were erased in history, basically. It's like, yeah, like all the data of um, that, like, doesn't include women. So, Mm. like, it, how, like, women are not calculated in, like, history and all these other things of, like, oh, like, all of the cavemen were hunters and gatherers and, like, all the men did this. And it's like, well, like, who do you think? like cooked and who do you think like did all these it's like not even reference yeah, yeah like it's just yeah it's really really good i highly recommend you uh invisible women right. read it no it's okay Skylar's tickling me <laughs> <laughs> um i think also maybe, i don't like we should no, no not that we have to unpack this right now but like why are they all beauty industries is that the only way not all of them but like the ones that we covered is because of like that's so sector specific but like that was the only space that they were like okay yeah you can go like flit around right, and like play with makeup and like play with hair stuff right nothing existed that men led in right the, in those times they, so they, they started like, like a novel thing right. um it wasn't them taking over a new sector that's still male dominated i think yeah. that's kind of where we see and we'll get into this in a second mm-hmm. but where we see a lot of the female entrepreneurs leading in certain sectors it's still those traditional sectors that women already are working more in yeah so anyway they were already allowed to play in that sandbox yeah yeah 
Okay, so now that we've scratched the surface and acknowledging and honoring how much women have contributed to the economy and world at large as entrepreneurs, let's get back to present day and look at the impact of what a world with more equitable levels of women entrepreneurs would look like. So how well represented are women in the world of business? Hmm. And how many women-owned businesses are there? Hmm. As you might expect, there have been many studies about these questions, but here are some of the standout statistics about women in business. In 2022, over 988,000 women, so nearly a million, were self-employed in Canada, showing growth despite COVID-19's impact. And around 18% of Canadian businesses, mostly small and medium-sized ones, are owned by women. Hmm. However, Women-led small and medium-sized businesses tend to have lower survival rates, though women entrepreneurs are showing increased early-stage business activity. Women entrepreneurs focus on innovation and particularly excel in marketing innovation Mm. at 26.1% compared to men's at 9.8%. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, we're very innovative when it comes to marketing. I know the brain when it comes to... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, how to get people to get something. Yeah. Uh, And finally, globally, one third of high growth businesses are led by women, as noted in GEMS 2122 Women's Entrepreneurship Report. Next, let's look at women's ownership in different industries. Hmm. So a 2022 study by Innovation, Science and Economic Development Canada found that women owned businesses thrive in professional services, retail and hospitality. Those Hmm. three sectors checks out yeah however in sectors like construction manufacturing transportation agriculture and others businesses owned by men significantly outnumber those by women so like like, all the other ones well yeah like (laughs) everything else besides like yeah the the like hospitality retail retail yeah yeah so like why do you think that is like do you think it comes down to the fact that women are just we have these preferences that we just want to be in the retail hospitality and professional services, or do you think it's something more ingrained that we've had like those unconscious biases that we don't belong in egg and I feel like it's both, but yeah. I also think it's, it's a history of um, like, I know my mom always says when she was young, the only choices she had were to be a nurse or a teacher right. or stay at home mom. Right. And so like when that's all you think you have, well then you're just going to mm-hmm. go to those industries and generations and generations and generations that's all they had and so that's all they know and then today that's still the majority of where a lot of women are working which is great we need those people in those areas but when you can see it you can be it so if women aren't in those Mm male-dominated areas a lot of young girls aren't like i can do it like it's just yeah it's a whole snowball effect it's definitely systemic and yeah. i think that yeah like it's it comes that was not actually like something that you, it wasn't a hard hitting <laughs> didn't mean to be a hard hitting well, question yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. just a question to ask because i just found that interesting looking through that research was that it's like i mean the women that we covered in history obviously were in that kind of like beauty space mm-hmm. but then a lot of the businesses that we look at also still kind of serve that like that retail hospitality again as i already said yeah. um so i just found it interesting mm-hmm so looking specifically at funding women, so where money where money comes from and how women get that money. Studies show a big difference in venture capital funding for women. Mm. Despite being fewer in numbers as entrepreneurs, women receive much less capital funding. Only 2.3% of all women teams, so only women on the teams, mm. and 10.4% for mixed gender teams. Sadly, these percentages have stayed 
nearly the same for 30 years. You know what's so sad about that is you said earlier about how women are like the leaders in innovation. Yeah. In entrepreneurship. Like we're the ones being coming up with these novel ideas, but yet no one's wanting to fund them. No. Only 2.3% of the time, apparently. Hmm. Yep. On average, female founders get about a quarter of the funding they ask for, while male funders get about half. Actually, and this is just a side note, we should speak to some female founders in mm -hmm, the coming episode. Mm -hmm, I feel mm -hmm. like I know someone who will have a lot to say yeah, about, <laughs> about not getting funding or like the fight that exists for a female, this is specifically a female tech founder. Mm -hmm. And there's actually this really great organization in Canada called The 51. Mm. Uh, the 51 is a financial feminist platform where current and aspiring investors, particularly women and gender diverse individuals, can come together to democratize democratize access to capital for women and gender diverse founders. Oh, nice. Yeah. So like it they make it like a lot more accessible to be not like like to be like a, a funding person, like to like actually invest in people. Right, right. And yeah. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the challenges are even greater for women with intersection intersecting identities. So indigenous women face barriers when accessing Western financial services due to systemic exclusion that prevents them from meeting basic approval criteria. Mm. Yes. And financing and borrowing costs for black women entrepreneurs remain challenging and they like Indigenous women, must grapple with systemic racism, along with the lack of networking opportunities, mentorship, and training, those kind of four factors that we've already talked about. Less than 1% of Canadian small to medium enterprises or businesses are owned by people living with a disability. The data is lacking on how many of these are actually women entrepreneurs as well. Mm. And while there are more than 100,000 businesses in Canada owned by people who identify as 2SLGBTQIA+, contributing more than $22 billion in ec economic activity, these entrepreneurs still face identity-related challenges, including discrimination, difficulty obtaining funding and government assistance, and harsh public evaluation. Hmm. So as you can see from these statistics we've outlined already, both positives and negatives are obviously apparent in the data. And although discrepancies still exist in terms of representation and equity, there has been a lot of progress made in recent years on these fronts. What's more, there are many examples of successful women in the workplace and women entrepreneurs making a difference. And I think that we should chat with someone to celebrate those things. Yes, let's. All right. For this episode, we are super excited to have uh, the CEO of Women Entrepreneurs of Saskatchewan, aka Wesk, Miriam Johnson, with us today. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Uh, so Wesk's mission, for those of you who don't know, is to empower entrepreneurs in Saskatchewan to start, grow, and scale their businesses to drive economic growth. Here in Saskatchewan, Wesk is a well-known champion of women business success and has created the Saskatchewan Women Entrepreneurship Charter. And this is to address the entrepreneurship gap in our province that offers, and it offers principles and guidance for other businesses to support local women-led businesses, just like we've been talking about this whole episode. So take a look at that, visit their website, west.ca, and you can learn more about the charter and how to join the charter and sign up for it. And uh, yeah definitely check it out. So and there's like also a bunch of good resources on mm -hmm. there, like education and all kinds of things. So if you're looking to learn or want to become an entrepreneur, then check it out. Yes. Those are ads, ladies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> yes, good. 
<laughs> Not sponsored by Wes. Yeah. Okay, so a little bit about Miriam. Miriam drives Wes's mission to bridge the gender gap in entrepreneurship with a growth-focused mindset. With a diverse background, she aims to address challenges women entrepreneurs face, fostering a strong community. Previously at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Miriam secured the Grey Cup bid and developed many impactful programs, including launching the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation and opportunities around the fan experience. Amazing. Mm -hmm. work. Very, very good. Huge. Her community-focused leadership at West continues to create an impact across Saskatchewan. Outside of work, Miriam enjoys family time and cheering her three children playing hockey in Regina. Very busy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah. extremely. Yes. <laughs> All three play hockey. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So a couple of quick rapid fire questions that we do for all of our guests, just to get everyone hot and, and ready Rolling. to go. Um, so the first one, and we asked this to everyone is best piece of advice you've ever received. These are loaded questions, by the way. It is. This, this is, is like a tough one. The absolute best piece of advice. And, and from who, and when did you receive? No, I'm just kidding. There's two. Oh, okay. um, and one was early in my career and I and the reason why I think about it all the time is I, I went man that was pivotal for me that was like such a huge moment and you know when I think when you're young and upcoming and you're just trying you're you're absorbing everything mm -hmm. and you are in at best a, a middle you know situation you're doing your best to try to just you're trying to succeed in what you're doing um and, you know, I was at the government of Saskatchewan at the time. And, um, and so I was with executive council and, and it was a position that, I mean, we were meeting with what, you know, wildly different stakeholders from ministries to crowns, CICs, to the actual agencies, creative agencies, you name it. So just in our boardroom, are these meetings are happening constantly. And, and so you're, you know, some things I knew very well, like the agency side and some things I didn't know so well, like the research side. And so mm -hmm. the things that I didn't know so well, there were times that I would find that I would speak and speak too much and <laughs> fill that space. And so I had a manager, uh, Colleen Opseth, um, who pulled me aside one day and just said, like, we were right in the middle of like looking through um, these just proposals. And she's like, what do you think about this? And then I think, I think I was like, well, I think it's great. And this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And, and she just said to me, you, you need to learn when to stop. Like when, it, when you're done saying, like, just learn when there needs to be space. Uh -huh. And I went, okay, note taken. And I'm sure it wasn't so easy even for her to say it, but she said it very, very gently. Mm -hmm. I received it. I felt hot, you know, like your temperature just goes, oh my God. Like, and I just went, okay, but I heard that. And I felt it in the moment too. I was like, I was filling space, mm -hmm. just all these words. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, it's something that I heeded those words. And I now think about them all the time. I'll go, no, this isn't a place for words right now. Like, or you say it and then you stop, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. I've learned that control thanks to, uh, you know, valid feedback from a manager years ago. So that was, that was one, but the one that most recently has just been in my head was, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I feel so fortunate to be the CEO of WESC. And, and I kind of thought, okay, you know what? I got my first CEO job. I'm 40 years old. Like, this is wild. Woo, like, yeah. I was like, yeah. Yes. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and again, I was like, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know if I can do this, like, but they think I can do this. So I should probably be able to do this. Uh, and I had Eric Dillon reach out to me. Um, and, you know, he reached out. I met him through the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He was on our board. Um, so and obviously in the business world, we had known each other in that sense. Um, but he reached out to me and just said, you know, 
you know, I'm just coming off my first CEO gig going into my next. And so, you know, congratulations on your first, you're going to knock this out of the park if I'm here for any type of advice that you might need. And I thought, okay. <laughs> I was like, Eric, thank you so much, Eric. I'm cashing this in right now. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And so I said, Eric, um, what would be your advice as I start this? Like, I want to start this on the right foot. I want advice of another senior, you know, CEO to be able to actually, you know, what is advice that you would give me mm -hmm. a mindset that I can even start? Cause I'm, you know, cause you can read and you can listen to podcasts. You can do this, you can do this. Yeah. You're trying to absorb it all, but you, Eric, you're, and someone that I just admired so much. And he said to me, he wrote back and goes, absolutely. I can give you advice. And he said, they hired you to leave for a reason. So when you see a decision that can be made, make it. Hmm. And I kind of thought, okay, even if that's within the first three months, cause you say you read these books and, yeah. and he said, <laughs> It doesn't matter when, like, mm. as soon as you step into this role, you were hired to lead. And so if you see a decision that you know can be made, don't be afraid to make it. And I thought, ooh, okay. And so, man, for the last, that, that whole first year in the role was Eric Dillon and me kind of going, oh, this is too much. Is this too much? And having Eric Dillon and go, but is this clear? Yes, this is clear. Okay. I'm making this decision. Mm -hmm. So. I think that's like the biggest and hardest part about being in any sort of that leadership role. And I mean, I've never been a CEO, but I can imagine that like the imp imposter syndrome of like, yeah. oh, I don't think I belong here. And like, yeah. just keep reminding yourself that you in fact do. Well, and you want to, and I think the the thing I've learned the most in the last year and a half has been um, wanting to then go, okay, you're thinking, this is the decision I'm going to make. And you want to go, Hey, I'm going to make this decision. You think that's right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to make this decision. I just want to get everyone that's on right. And then you're side. like, yeah. No, you don't get to do that. Yeah. No. Now you just have you you don't get to do that. Yeah. So you yeah. gotta trust. Yeah. Trust and belief. That's yeah. awesome. Great advice. Very good advice. Yeah. Okay. Second question. This is also hard. I don't know. I'm just gonna have a sip of wine. So if you could grant one gift to women, all women, what would it be? And this one, you know, I saw this question and I kind of thought, oh man, like because you immediately go, well, it's not even, you know, the table isn't even set for all women, you know? So mm -hmm. you're like, well, this is, you know, if we could assume that there was equality and that, right. you know, things were, you know, even, I, that's how I want to preface it because I'm like, man, mm. there are so many factors mm -hmm. for that mm -hmm. question that I just kind of thought, oh, what would, what is that one mm -hmm. gift that I would wish? And I, and then I thought, okay, um, the gift that I would wish to all women is peace. Mm, because I think that. it's under, I think it's underestimated just what peace can do for someone. And I mean, peace of the spirit, peace, and just even your everyday life, you know, just the feeling of peace is one of those that I think is absolutely priceless. And when you right. experience it, and to me, you can experience that at any, you know, socioeconomic factor, right? right? Like, but I, I thought it was one that I went, man, if I, if I could wish anything, it's, it's that feeling of peace. Beautiful. That makes me want to like take like a I deep know. breath and <laughs> relax. Right. right. Yeah. Like just thinking about that. Cause even like, you know, you feel, I feel anyways, like I need to like keep like one upping and keep, you know, like, okay, yeah. I finished this course and I got to finish, do this thing and like I keep going. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't really then create peace in my life. Cause it's like, I have so many other things going on. So, or peace comes when you've done it, you are mm -hmm. having your coffee the next morning and you kind of go, what is that sensation that I'm feeling right now? It's not constant. It's when you feel it, you know right. that it's peace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty hard to always be in that. It's yes. to know, hey, because I think there's a lot of people that don't don't tap into that and go, oh, this is peace I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. The exhale. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is peace. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. I love that. 
Okay. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> One last question. Hey, I'm really glad you let me think about these, by yeah. the way. And oh, it wasn't yeah. like off the, off the cuff because, boy, I woke up last night in the middle of the night thinking about it. Oh, <laughs> Just sorry. sorry. No peace there. No peace. <laughs> thinking about these. <laughs> so last question is, what is your scary? And this could be like what scares you, like spiders, or it could be like what actually keeps you up at night and really haunts you. Yeah, this was another one that I, I had to think about for a little bit because I thought, what is my scary? Um, and um, and I think it's also a driver of mine because it was funny because as I started to think about why I why it's a fear, I also go, oh, but it also is what is pushing me along. And that's the fear of regret mm -hmm. and regret, um, you know, raising th these three humans that I have the gift of raising, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the latter years of raising them now, especially, you know, I've got a 16 year old almost. And, and when you watch that all happen, you start to go, what have I not done? Like, you mm -hmm. know, I don't want to look back and go, oh, I regret not doing that. Or mm -hmm. I regret, you know, the fact that I, you know, I should have said that. Or so it actually propels me, but it's also the thing that I fear the most is, did I, did I not do something that mm -hmm. I, that I should have or wished I would have done? And so being in, I'm very intentional for that sense. Mm. And I'm thinking, okay, nope. That might be uncomfortable, but I'm going to have regret if I don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's go that you're mindful of that, though, too. Yeah. Yeah. That you think that through. Mm -hmm. So when I think when it's, you're scary. Yeah. 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 Oh, like, <laughs> I'm like always going, oh, man. Okay. So now we're getting into the deep stuff. Well, this has been pretty deep, but we're getting into it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry, we, we went there, guys. <laughs> yeah. These were deep questions. We're getting so deeper. Like, we're getting into the light rapid fire yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, just a little light, uh, <laughs> yeah. light chat. Just a taste. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll take some turns asking these questions, mm -hmm. but I'll kick us off and sure. then we'll yeah. go back and forth. So first question is, what specific challenges do you see or hear about women entrepreneurs in Canada or here in Saskatchewan specifically face when starting or running their own businesses? Uh, I specifically starting, um, mm -hmm. is I think that they feel so alone. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a, there's a loneliness factor in entrepreneurship that, um, you know, isn't probably talked about enough. Um, you know, people feeling like they're on an island, they don't, they're not quite sure where to turn. Sometimes they're making decisions, you know, they, they haven't really done the plan to, you know, to fruition, mm -hmm. to actually be ready to take that leap into business or, you know, have that solid ground before they go. I, you know, so I think that a lot of it is, is there's just, um, it's the awareness of all of the support that actually is available. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, building yourself, you know, your, your own circle of, of support outside of even the organizations mm -hmm. that are available. Um, but you know, that is one of the, you know, we, I, I, I was listening to another one of your, um, podcasts as I doing my homework, um, for this. <laughs> awesome. and I did hear a stat, you know, just on the gender pay gap, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that it was 130 years, you know, till, you know, if we did nothing for mm -hmm. there to be any parity in the gender pay gap. And, you know, when we think about entrepreneur, women entrepreneurs, like they had such a slow start, you know, mm -hmm. like they didn't get the opportunities that men did. Um, and it's the reason why WESC even exists, mm -hmm. right? Is right. we exist to support an underrepresented group, which are 50% of the population. And, you know, that it, sometimes I sit in this position, like, this is wild, <laughs> right? Yeah. This is wild. This is wild. This? <laughs> yeah. And we're like, it's 2024. Um, but, you know, there's, they had a slower start. And so there are still factors around 
you know, if the woman is going back to work, that it means the man's not providing enough to the family. So there's things, there are mm -hmm. things that are happening and, and, you know, there, there's such a range, but I think specific, there are, specifically, if I had to choose just one, it's the fact that they, they're not fully aware of all the supports that are available and they mm -hmm. feel, they feel alone. Mm -hmm. And I think you'd hit the nail on the head. And we mentioned a couple stats or not even stats, but some research uh, at the beginning of the episode about a couple like the top four barriers and two of them are um, like lack of networking opportunities mm -hmm. and lack of mentorship mm -hmm. and like network. Yeah. So there you go. And coaching. And yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, so moving on to the next one, are there common gender specific barriers that hinder access to funding and resources or networking opportunities? Well, access to funding has been a massive issue. Right. Um, it's one of the most significant. Um, and, and another reason for our being um, is to offer that funding because, mm -hmm. you know, even so 50 years ago, 2024 now mm -hmm. is 50 year anniversary from women being able to, to get a loan. Mm -hmm. So, you know, before that, they couldn't even go and get the loan. Um, right. Even to this, I and those are things, that's behavior that we still see in 2023, 2024, mm -hmm. is the fact that women are not going and seeking funding anymore. They're like, I'm just going to have to find all this money. Yeah. I've got to, I'm right. going to save all this money and then I'm going to start my 100%. dream. And men are going, I'm just going to borrow the money and I'm going. Yeah. And, you know, so there's even that because they didn't, they haven't had that support. I mean, so mm -hmm. this is, these are, and that's 50 years. Like when you actually think about that, I'm like, it's a long I'm time. Like 41. Yeah. I, and I'm like, that's almost as old as me. And I don't lifetime. Feel, I'm very young. Yeah. I'm very young. So <laughs> you are there's just, just, just spring chicken. Yeah. yeah. No. So you start to go like, there's major issues that you, that you don't even think. Right. Um, are, are gender specific and they, and they are. Um, but yeah, so, you know, sometimes it can be a lot more difficult, um, to go and get, you know, uh, the loan that you need based on, you know, maybe your net worth or the fact mm -hmm. that maybe you had a harder go at starting your own adult life. And so your credit score is a little, a little rougher, right. you know? And so there's so many factors that then can prevent an opportunity from being greenlit or even given, given that chance. And so that's where, you know, WESC is, is one of many, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, two in our two available right now, um, which are funding opportunities up to 150,000. That's where it's like, hey, if this is something that you need, we'll do a quick little calculation. We'll be able to figure out if this is something you can qualify for. Mm -hmm. And if it's not us, we have a partner, um, WEOC, um, mm -hmm. Women Enterprise Organizations of Canada that can do unsecured loans. Okay. And so their job is to kind of go, yep, yep, yep. You know, so they are nice. doing their best to go, are you, what, where are you at? How are you doing? Absolutely. We can fund this. Um, you know, that's why we are here is to kind of go, okay, where is the problem? Where are the opportunities? How, where are the resources that we can provide to, to fill the gap? Mm -hmm. It made me think when you said like women just being scared and mm -hmm. wanting to be more cautious, like that risk aversion, which mm -hmm. I feel like is in so many aspects of being a woman, like mm -hmm. even applying for jobs, right? We don't apply unless we have right. all the criteria and more and men apply when they have like 50%, right? Like yeah. it's so interesting to see that level of confidence and that risk aversion that's just like yeah. innate to so many of us. So, and it's perfectionism too, yeah, yeah, 100%, right? Yeah. So oh, perfectionism, I, you know, um, we had Kelly Garrett speak with us um, uh, at our AGM. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were there. Yeah. But when she and I were talking about some things, we even prepping for her to come and speak to the audience. And um, she had even said to me, you know, Mary, what's one of the biggest pain points? Like, where where do you think some of the biggest 
issues are with women. And I, and, and she goes, I think it's perfectionism. And I said, you know what, Kelly, you're absolutely right. And mm -hmm. we've done even the data we can see it's, hmm. it is th these little, they just want it to be just right. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so it's, it's just different. The mindset, the way that we women are built really, yeah. I mean, it's almost, it's just the way we are, but that's where you almost have to do the training on the, on, on our side going, don't wait for that. Mm -hmm. Don't wait. You know, if this is a dream, like here are the things that you can do. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's both, right? Oh God. It's even starting this podcast. We were like, it's not, we don't have all of the right things. Oh, and yeah. Like I'm not ready yet. Like we were too scared. And then it was just like, you just gotta try. Yeah. Got to try and fail yeah. or succeed. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. Always succeed. Hopefully Always succeed. succeed. Yeah. Yeah. So next question, how does WESC work to address issues related to gender bias and stereotypes in entrepreneurship, some of which we kind of went through? Well, yeah, because there, there's so much that's interwoven, mm -hmm. I think, with this. But I, you know, this one is specifically around, um, you know, what what are the deeper issues? And, mm -hmm. you know, and it's funny because I, you know, I was even as I was coming in, I'm like, well, is it? I don't think people are cautiously going in and being like, it's gender bias that I'm doing right now. These are actually the things that we are finding um, and what we are trying to be advocates for are the systemic things, mm -hmm. the things that are so deeply rooted that mm -hmm. are almost unaware, you know, organizations don't even know. Um, and you mentioned uh, in the intro, you know, the, the charter and the charter is specifically for organizations who are saying, okay, you know, DEI is important to us. We know that there's a significant gap here for women entrepreneurs and we're going to do something about it. So one of the biggest barriers that we're facing is the fact that women owned businesses are not getting the opportunity at the table mm -hmm. for, to you know, whether or not it, it's um, all the procurement opportunities yeah. through large crowns, ministries, business, you name it. It, mm -hmm. do, it doesn't just sit at the government by any means. Mm -hmm. These are municipalities. These are large scale organizations. These are people with major buying power that are buying without being intentional about where their dollars are going. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of times that that is just going right back to that male run organization business, you know, and and these women are trying to come up and like get that opportunity and they're not. And so the charter we're asking we're asking minimums of 5 to 15% of their spend, which is still way high for all organizations. I mean, mm -hmm. globally we're at like 3%. 3% of, wow. of spend going to women entrepreneurs. Wow. So things like that, which you, I guarantee you, no one's going into their seat going like, I'm not going to help the women today. Like right. that's not happening. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's, these are deeply rooted things that we're, we are just trying to say, are, are you measuring? Mm -hmm. How are you measuring? That's why we started our database, the women don't database to say, mm -hmm. do you need a place to, for people to go find these businesses? We have right. 700 women-owned businesses on a database. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, those are where we start to go in and go, okay, that's an issue. What are the things that we can do to help solve that problem specifically within Saskatchewan? And then, right. um, but yeah, that's, that's one, <laughs> that's one really big one. Um, oh, yeah. But again, it's, it is, uh, but I, again, it's not a conscious it's like, I mean, you mentioned that it's going to take 130 years that we had talked about mm -hmm. in another episode about the pay gap, but it's like, it's going to take 130 years because there's all these other things that we still have to tackle yeah. and get over and work towards. And so if we were just putting all of our effort into the pay gap, or we were putting all of our effort into making sure that women entrepreneurs were yeah. successful, or we were putting all of our effort into making sure that like everything is equitable, then yeah, but like everyone's... It's, it's 180 attention. years for the entrepreneurial gap. Oh, 
180. So if, if we just all did the exact same things and just let natural life go, it's 180 years oh, to, yeah. to get parity for women entrepreneurs. Yeah. Which is mind blowing. It is crazy. It's fantastic. Great. Yeah, we're 50% of the puppy. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> we had a large late start. Yeah. We're getting there. We'll get there okay. with people like you. We need it. Mm -hmm. So moving into, you talked about a lot about funding. So mm -hmm. what financial support mechanisms are available for women entrepreneurs and how can they access these resources? And this one's so sector specific. Um, so, you know, WESC is an umbrella right. organization. You know, we are an umbrella support organization. There are very specific support organizations, though, across the province, across Canada. It is truly, you know, if you're food and beverage, there's even an organization called Feed that can actually go in and help you even connect to, you know, you know, areas that are specific to that sector. Wow. They don't offer funding, but they can go in and actually go, hey, I know, I, I know what, what you need here. I'm going to connect you to this person, this person, this person. And then the funding usually comes from WESC. There's a lot of, um, but there are, if you are in tech, you've got funding certain ways. If you are in mm -hmm. ag, you got funding certain ways. If you are, you name it, um, you've got it. If you're an indigenous women entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you've got tremendous opportunities. Um, you know, so there are, there are different elements for every single sector, every single time, you know, like, so you can come to, it's pretty, it's, it's too big to answer just mm -hmm. right. very quickly. Um, but, but it is, it's still a really good news answer to say there's a lot. So it is, it is not, um, it is not minor. I mean, so here's another example. I had a meeting with Tourism Saskatchewan. Tourism Saskatchewan is saying, hey, do you, you know, we are looking for organizations that are trying to create experiences that either have a current or, you know, have a current business that could be, you know, experiential and there's grants and there's loans and there's this mm -hmm. and that. And do you know of anybody? And we were like, yeah, we do. <laughs> you know, so, you know, they kind of came and, you know, raised the, you know, this, uh, this awareness on the fact that they've got, um, they're trying to align to the appropriate organizations that are ready for something like that. And I kind of it's phenomenal, you know, so yeah. experiential. Um, we've got one entrepreneur and this is actually, I'm, I, I haven't approved any of these. And so I, I'll write out afterwards, but I'll, um, Maria <laughs> uh, with Freeba Pottery. Uh, she's such a unique story, but she is one that, you know, received some funding like this, you know, so she's a potter um, hmm. and she is out in rural Saskatchewan and she's got um, an entire business around Freeba Pottery and she has the honor system. You drive to her house. She's got a little outdoor, um, like, a, um, I don't know if it's a, I don't know, a shed. Right. Uh, you go in, you purchase some pottery, you just write your name down, you oh. give the money and you leave. And so she's got an honor system, but she created the claycation. Okay. And so she took a business and went, I can create more than this and I want to host. And so she's doing, and we kind of, we joked with her because we we're like, is there a ghost element of that? <laughs> like, are you... And she was like, no, ladies, no, that's not <laughs> happening here. So we, we laughed about that. But, um, but a whole claycation, you know, so you take your girlfriends, you go up, you, you that. learn how to do pottery. You're Ooh. out in, you're out in rural Saskatchewan. Anyway, that's one, you know, example of where she, she was, she worked with us and then, you know, these opportunities came and she's so innovative. running into claycations. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. I love when, I think that's just like the, the fact of like, taking opportunities but also being open to opportunities and having access to opportunities because I even know just with us like things that we've been able to access is just because of like having conversations and making connections mm -hmm. and like not realizing that there is an organization called feed that like we could you know get into the food and beverage and they could help us yeah. like I just didn't even know about that and I wouldn't even know to search it you know if I 
and that's where, to get into that. And that's where even, you know, they, they're called an ecosystem partner. Um, so when you find organizations like WESC that are, that are provincial, that, you know, are those umbrella, you know, mm -hmm. follow them and then start to pay attention as to who they're, they're sharing, you know? So I know for us, like we're wide open on, you know, if there's things that are happening across, you know, just the entrepreneurial ecosystem in the province, we're making sure that we share it. Here's the opportunities. Here's this partner doing this. Here's mm -hmm. this happening here. And so it's like, you know, it's not an WESC only uh, channel. It's very much a, you know, watch and see what's happening to kind of go, ah, that's me. Mm -hmm. That's something that red, Reg registers with me so very cool. or our newsletter yes register for the newsletter so many ways to get informed there you go it's true <laughs> um so on that note we talked about financials um let's talk about education so uh how does the education system support preparing and empowering women entrepreneurs in canada I'm actually really impressed right now. Um, you know, since coming into the role, I didn't know, you know, I, that was not something I came in with any type of education myself on. And I have learned, um, just how deep this education is going even into the, and specifically in high school. So, you know, opportunities and the, and the teaching of the fact that entrepreneur, you know, like even running your own business is an option for a high school graduate instead of going, okay, well, you have to choose this and you have to go to college. You have to do this. Right. You, you know what? You can have a, a hobby that you monetize. Um, and this is how you do it. You need to think about these things. Yeah. They are teaching them, you know, business plans. They are teaching them all the fundamentals and giving them that opportunity to go, you know what? And, and it might not work. And then, but you could actually go, Hey, I'm going to try this. No, nah, I don't know. Mm -hmm not going to do that one now. I'm going to try this. And you can just keep trying. You're there at this beautiful age um, mm -hmm. to to learn, but they are actively teaching this in high school. Um, then it goes into post-secondary. And that is where, you know, your U of R, your mm -hmm. U of S um, all have very robust programs that, you know, if, if it's even a, a thought, which actually, you know what, the word entrepreneurism, like uh, entrepreneur, some people go, nope, that's not me you two are entrepreneurs, yeah, we you know, like, that. yeah, no. <laughs> you know, and, and people go, no, no, no. And it's like, you've monetized, if you're monetizing a hobby at all, if you've taken that hobby that you love so much and you're going, no, I'm, this is now what I'm going to do. You are an entrepreneur. And so it's just, but it's a tough word to resonate with, especially with kids, you know, yeah. um, whether or not it's university, I mean, even grown adults, uh, go, I didn't think I was an entrepreneur. And so sometimes I want to change that name. I'm like, can we just blow that name up anyway. yeah we need to rebrand re it needs yeah. a rebranding yeah so or a few it's a mouthful, words right yeah. <laughs> yeah anyhow yeah i actually saw this recent study that said um that is it gen z gen z the like newest generations coming up i think so you know the like out of i'm like i don't, I don't know, know. There's so many okay the young tried to keep up. older <laughs> teens keep young up. 20s um who are like getting out of high school they're not going to college or university a lot of them are not because it's for one so expensive mm -hmm. especially in the states and they are taking these like alternate routes and it is yeah. looking at like monetizing hobbies and that type of thing so it's it's really impressive because that's not something that i would have ever probably been like i'm just gonna risk it i mean that risk aversion yeah. piece well also, and it's but... so easy like on tiktok and like so many ways totally, like all yeah. the affiliate marketing programs that where you can sell stuff for companies by just promoting them like mm -hmm. you can make money in so many ways now so yeah that's very oh, interesting. No, but it, yeah, I think that our youth are are much more aware of this as an option. Totally, one hundred percent, than we or our parents or anything ever were. Yeah, it's just that like access to information. Yeah. So speaking of access to information, are there mentorship or training programs in place to help women develop the necessary skills for entrepreneurial success? 
Well, yes, um, that's part of what WESC does too. You know, so there, and again, and there are partner organizations that do this as well, um, because it's not just funding, right? So mm-hmm. yes, you can, you need that that cash in order to start that business. But a lot of times it's the pain point, you know, so we will do, you know, large surveys and we'll kind of say, we ask the women to tell us like, where are the pain points for your, you and your journey? And so they will, you know, they'll respond and we will hear that it's not necessarily, it's not everything. It's mm-hmm. one, one thing. This is my pain point. I, you know, f- the finance side of my business is my pain point, or I'm really struggling at knowing how to market. And as soon as I touch social media, it's overwhelming, you know, like, so there's, there's things that are their pain point and there, that is where we start to go. Okay. We are going to develop our programs around that. And so how do we make sure that, that, we are providing the resources so that if it's that pain point that they're able to go, oh, there, I feel better now. I've got a little more confidence and mm-hmm. on they go. And then they can keep seeing the success, the succession um, on the mentorship side. You know, that's where like we do have, we've got networking events called West Connect, both in Regina and Saskatoon. We're also going to be pulling these out into rural Saskatchewan. So, um, so we've got West Connects, which are, are, just specific for people to actually meet each other. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, you know, you've looked across the room and you go, I have admired that person for so long and here she's right here. Yeah. <laughs> and and so you actually are able to go up and actually say, hi, you know, my name is, and everyone's got name tags and their business. Yeah. And, you know, so it is allowing conversation. Mentorship, um, though, is is where you make a connection with someone and then you're, you know, that is a deeper level of mm-hmm. connection mm-hmm. Um, where we are, we do work with, you know, high YQR and mm-hmm. this is where economic development Regina, um, uh, FHQ developments and ourselves kind of went, especially Regina right now has an area where you can actually go on and say, this is your, this is your field. And they match you with a, oh, with I a love mentor, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are, those are things that we're trying to figure out. How do we still connect because having that mentor, having that that guidance um, is is an art too. So it's also teaching people to go, don't be afraid to reach out. You know, LinkedIn is such a phenomenal place mm-hmm. to just send that note. And I have not met too many. I've had a lot of people reach out and I, my answer is always yes. And same thing with me. I've reached out. The answer is always yes. Like when you, when you aren't the bot. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's when you're and it's person. genuine and yeah. authentic, and you yeah. are truly trying to connect with someone. They listen and they 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 want to give back. That's the yeah. other thing I've learned. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, especially with women. Yeah. Everyone wants to help yeah. and totally yeah. succeed, and it's so great. Yeah. Um, I want to note too. I know West just launched like a full on school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, West which, Learn. Yes, West we, Learn. Tell us about that. Yeah, so that was part of our uh, as we listened, right? Like we did this research, and and again, like we like I said, there was pain points, and so you know, instead of needing, because the other thing, and we've talked about this a couple times too, is. Um, women are feeling like they're on an island. Um, Mm -hmm. And the other, you know, the feedback that we got from a lot were the fact that, you know, even this, like we're, we're doing a podcast, you know, this is after babies go to bed and, you know, it's, it's 830, you know, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it is, they're, they're telling us that the time they have to invest in themselves to actually take care of that pain point is usually between nine and 1030, 11 Mm -hmm. o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. And that's not when we have any, we didn't have any of our programs available. It was usually over lunch or, you know, our workshops were more during working hours and that was tough for them to make. And so we went, okay, how can we create something that allows any woman at any time to be able to go on and look and go, here's my pain point, click the button and start the process of, of absorbing the information. And so these are on their online classes, really. Mm -hmm. It's, Mm -hmm. they are, they are, 
very detailed. Um, you can go through, there's little quizzes to help you kind of go, yep, you're on the right track, keep nice. going, you know. Um, and then at the end, you get a certification of completion that you can proudly share on your on your channels to kind of say, hey, I just completed this finance course or Amazing. this marketing course or um, HR course. And, you know, and, and it's able to go from there. So we're very, very, very excited about that. So we, it's brand spanking new yes. for Wesk. Um, huge. Yeah. And so you do have to dig a little bit on Wesk.ca to find that. But um, Wesk Learn is a available and up and running for any woman that so needs incredible. something right now. Amazing. Um, okay. So networking, here's another, another barrier for women that we kind of yeah. mentioned earlier. So I mean, you kind of even talk, talked about some of the opportunities that West provides, but we'll dig into this one quickly a little bit more. And I have a story on this too. <laughs> but what networking opportunities are available for women entrepreneurs to connect with mentors, peers, and industry professionals? So there's West Connect, um, and it is monthly, both in Regina and in Saskatoon. So there's, um, so every, well, every month except during summer months, because everyone wants to summer yeah. and <laughs> during Christmas, just because there's a lot of Christmas parties. And so th those are the months that we just kind of go, you know what, we'll network on the other months. Mm -hmm. Um, but every month we do a networking event called West Connect where the entire, purpose of walking in those doors is to be able to go and one, show your yourself and your organization and your business off um, and be able to actually, if maybe that's even some of it, you haven't been able to pitch your business. Mm -hmm. Can I just tell you a little bit about what I'm doing? Here's mm -hmm. what I'm, this is what I'm doing. And then, oh, that's really cool. But yeah. um, you have the ability to go and just meet other like-minded. Maybe you've never heard of, you know, a business that someone else has been doing. Um, it allows you know, women to come out of, you know, a lot of times they're at home or mm -hmm. whatever, and then they're going, okay, mm -hmm. there's a lot of, there's a lot of me's out there. And so there's almost that familiarity. And then we are bringing in speakers at these events that are not always, they're not always examples of great success, but sometimes we are even showcasing what it's like to be a startup. Mm -hmm. what, are, what are you facing right now as a startup? You know, what, you know, what, what has that experience been like for you? And so um, we are trying to just open up the conversation that maybe someone in the audience kind of goes, okay, interesting. And then an open Q and A, because normally every time you listen to someone speak, you go, but wait a minute, how'd you do that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, cause they can't talk about it all. Right. So yeah. then you open it up to open Q and a, but yeah, you, you know, there's, there's free food, free beverages. Um, really the, it, the doors are wide open for absolutely anyone. You do not even need to be a West member to even come in the doors. West membership is really, um, ours for when you need unlimited business advising. Mm -hmm. So one-on-one, -on -one, uh, mm -hmm. support and those loans, you know, up to 150,000, that's right. when the membership comes in. You do not need to have a membership to engage or right. network at all. Not at all. You did something really cool at the last one. I think it was the last one. Um, that was like, put your problem. Yes. And then you could like, the person could then put their name and number at, if they were able to like solve the problem Ooh. for them. It was really cool. Yeah, I love um, that. Also, or like, you know a lot about this thing. Like, I know a lot about taking care of dogs. So like, put I, I put that up there. And then that's not what I put up there. But <laughs> You're like, nobody picked that. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And then like, then it was like, kind of like uh, informal, yeah, yeah. Like little matchmaking cool. or just like, here's the problem or here's the solution that I have. Do you have this problem or do you need this solution? Yeah. It was really that. cool. Yeah. And are the, are the West Connects streamed virtually? Like if you can They are. Attend? So they're on Facebook live. So they are streamed. Um, so you can always go back and even watch. Um, that doesn't, that doesn't give you the connection side of, right. of it, but it allows right. you to kind of see 
who is speaking, especially there's such a a array of, of, you know, the women that are coming in and actually sharing Mm -hmm. their stories. And so, um, but yeah, they're, they're fully available and they're available on our Facebook. And actually I wanted to share a story. So back when West connects were called shaken with a twist, is that what they were called? West, they were similar type of thing. Uh, so Talitha and I attended right before we started or right when we launched raise her and, it was literally, like you said, we saw someone we knew and we're like, oh, we have to see this person. And we were like so scared to talk to her, but we knew at that <laughs> time she was leading status of women's office. So yeah. we really, really wanted to talk to her. And we went up to her, we mustered up the courage. We talked to her oh, It God. ended up with like, we got her business card. We met with her, like Mari at the time, who yeah. was, I don't know, her assistant or executive director of something. Yeah. And of status of women. Yeah. We're still connected with them and do so much with them. So just like that in itself. Yeah. It's scary at first, but everyone's there for the same reason yeah so we were so scared yeah, I, I forgot that. about that we were like oh, yeah okay it's time it's time we can't leave we have to go yeah. like yeah it was scary yeah so anyway it works um okay so moving on to policies the fun old policies that are in place uh what policies or initiatives are in place to promote inclusivity and diversity within the entrepreneurship ecosystem or maybe what should be created yeah. That's a loaded question because to me, this is work that is never going to be done. Um, And so there has been a lot of work either on, this is one of those examples of depending on even where these women are coming from. Um, You know, let's even use our Indigenous women entrepreneurs for as an example. When you start to go, okay, like there, if we are aware of the fact that it's like, let us show just how much support is here, but there are gaps. Right. And mm-hmm. so one of the areas, so one of the benefits to, to West is we get to sit at tables and learn where the pain points are and our newcomer women to the province uh, is an area that needs a lot of support. Mm-hmm. And there's just not enough, uh, not enough people, not of resource, not, a, and for the amount of people that are coming in and need that support and even understand how do I even go about this? You know, sure. so navigating a, a a new Canadian is, you know, is 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 daunting in itself, and it's a pain point right now within the province. So you kind of go, okay, well, this is how we can help there. Right. And so the province goes, that's great, thank you. Let's work together to do that, mm-hmm. right? And so, but you you have conversations and you sit at those tables where you start to go, okay, we we don't have this here mm-hmm. right now, and and so you know, I would say that there are there's been a lot of positive work done, but it'll be forever. Like that'll be something that has to be constantly adjusted Mm -hmm. because the need will never go away and it will always be changing. Um, So how does WESC or what does WESC do to ensure that its programs are designed to be inclusive and address the needs of women from all kinds of backgrounds? Well, we, we, I say we start inside. Um, we start internally and we start to go, are, is our organization reflective of an inclusive organization mm-hmm. that would make someone feel comfortable to even enter? Right? right. And so we've, that's one of the first things we did is we actually went, okay, where are we in this whole mm-hmm. picture? Let alone right. how, what is the support that we can yep. provide? Um, because I think that, you know, uh, safety, feeling safe, feeling secure, feeling comfortable is, is, is a lot of that. And so we kind of said, okay, well, where do we even sit on this? You know, so we created our, um, we have a report card, um, a DEI report card that we built based on, you know, worldwide feedback. We kind of went, okay, well, we got to start somewhere. Yeah, and so right. we as an organization started to go through, where are we at here? And it was like a ranking out of one to five. And every single person in the organization, we would all just kind of go, this is what we all think. We had a 
cumulative report. And we quickly kind of went, we didn't expect this to be, you know, off the charts great, but we needed to start somewhere as even yeah, ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you start to go, okay. Um, and even that you start to go, this is, there's so much that you, we have to be cognizant of, mm -hmm. aware of, um, you know, tr making sure that we've got a finger on a pulse of that, like our, you know, being inclusive, being, you know, and so we even ourselves are going, are we being, are, are we showing that in mm -hmm. the way that we hire and the way that we develop our programs? How are they even made available? Um, same thing. We start to go, okay, where, where were our pain points, even as a provincial organization? Well, we are, we're a not-for-profit. And so we don't have all the money in the world. Right. We're constantly looking mm -hmm. for funding in order to increase impact for the, across the province. And so, you know, we've got some core funding from our main um, uh, funding partner, Prairies Can which allows us to do the business advising and the fund and the loans. But then we start to go, but there's more to be done. Mm -hmm. And that's where we started to go, okay, how do we build, how do we gain enough financial support to offset, to have the team that can actually go and build and execute to right. make that. And then as, as those teams build, that's when we get to go, okay, are, how inclusive are we? Mm -hmm. Are we showing up in a way then that is reflective of, you know, the, the support that we want to be providing. So that's one example yeah. awesome yeah That's it's huge. so much more than just like making it open to women it's yes. like all the intersectionalities that exist yes. and yeah well yes. and a lot more than a lot of companies have at all yeah. so it's a huge just starting is the first thing right yeah, yeah exactly and i mean impressive that you are aware self-aware mm -hmm. enough to do that so yeah. thank you for doing that um okay so i want to hear about some ways that wesk celebrates female entrepreneurs who have benefited from your support or educational programs well this is the fun part like this is the <laughs> best part so you know being a provincial organization too i think also adds to it because you just you know, you see such an array, but we've got a gala. Um, so one of the ways that we do this is we've got a, a gala and um, we've got awards that, you know, we've, we kind of ask, we kind of say, who, who do you think is amazing at this? Yeah. Um, or do you think that your business is ready for this? You know, so mm -hmm. there's different areas that people can actually go, yeah, I think my, my business can, might be able to, to, hmm. to, to be, uh, uh, awarded this right or we've got a celebration of an achievement award you know, so those that is the highest that's like when you go where who is at the epitome of you know their journey where right. you just go wow congratulations like you have so many of the province aspiring to be like you right and so i think that you know the gala is one of the most significant ways because you have a room full of 400 women who are usually all entrepreneurs, um, all supporting each other. You know, these are, these are, you know, organizations that are so excited to be in there. And, um, and then the winners when they, are, you know, are announced to be, but, but what I like the most about the gala is sharing the stories behind mm -hmm. the businesses. And so actually kind of going, okay, like I can see why they're like, that's yeah. unreal. Like, so, I just love having an entire, you know, evening just to celebrate them. And then, you know, they, there's a fancy award. I mean, it's, it's also, especially for the entrepreneur, because it's so alone, when you get to walk away with some hardware, like, yeah, well, yeah like that's <laughs> yeah. not bad. Um, no, totally. So, you know, it allows for that element as well. We also do um, a summit, which is, is later in the fall now. We've separated our oh, events. Okay. That one's more for education. But again, we are trying to find, uh, this is a, another mentorship opportunity. We're trying to find the women who can actually come and speak to other women. 
women mm-hmm. or other organizations that are doing an unreal job yeah. <laughs> and can come and and actually address the 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 women that are are there because the summit is 100 about education right. they're trying to they're trying to leave with actionable things in order that they can that they can do as they leave like right then and there yeah. and right. so that's the summit so yeah. yeah i think that when you talked about like celebrating at the gala it's also so important for other entrepreneurs to you know or anybody really to like see it as well mm-hmm. so they may be at the absolute epitome of their yeah. their career or they may be at the, at the top and they've been succeeding for so long but like where did they start where did they come yeah, from absolutely. what do they do yeah absolutely. and then you're like oh i i can do that if you can see it you can be it right? yeah exactly okay um you talked a little bit earlier about partnerships and collaborations mm-hmm. and all the different groups within the umbrella and that you connect with so what are some of those other organizations or government agencies you mentioned a couple um mm-hmm. don't have to repeat or if there's any you haven't mentioned um and when you partner with them um how does it enhance and support the whole ecosystem well, this is largely what I do. Um, so this is what the hat I wear the most is relationships. And so, you know, having the conversations, you know, on the provincial side, so I spoke about Prairie Can, which, you know, is is fundamental to what mm-hmm. we do. But with at the provincial government level, you know, it's mostly trade and export. So TED, trade and mm-hmm. export development and um, immigration career training. So ICT. Those are the two that we work the closest with and, and what we do and how in for government and provincial government, we're always finger on the pulse going, you know, where are the pain points with the government right now? What are, are there, are there any things that we have, are there things that we have available right now Mm -hmm. that we could actually work together on to fill that gap? Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot of just conversation. It is, you know, where are you guys at? Where, what's moving forward? Things are changing fast, you know, um, you know, here's where we are at. It is, it is having authentic, very open, conversations um you know and so that is one of the things that is is great um you know you have seats on things like the saskatchewan business council where these are the heads of business business Mm -hmm. in the province and you are hearing from you know one example was you know we just met in december and um the conversation was around human trafficking and hospitality Saskatchewan um, spoke on what they had been learning and Mm. just the awareness for this. And, and I mean, like our, we were blown away, you know, and, but, but we're also going, okay, well, where's your pain point? So it's mining, it's construction, it's this, it's this. And so at that table, again, you're going, whoa, you know, you, you go, it it just makes your eyes go, okay, but finger on the pulse, where are the opportunities? you know, um, Hey, have you, how are you procuring? Right? <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 So, and, and then teaching that that's, you know, those are the conversations you're having that too. So, um, yeah, uh, the, the procurement side, but I, you know, mostly, mostly my voice is usually used on, you know, so it's finger on the pulse where, what are the themes we're seeing? Um, you know, is, are there any nuances that have been mm-hmm. coming up? Um, things that we haven't seen in the past? Uh, are we noticing any pain points that, you know, might be indicators to the government um, about, you know, some of the progress that they might want to see? So it's, it's things like that, that, um, that are just kind of that ongoing maintenance and, and management. Awesome. And mm-hmm. so this isn't a question on our list, but I'm going to ask it anyway. For it. Maybe you may or may not know, but h- how does Saskatchewan measure up to other provinces across the country on supporting entre- female entrepreneurs? Do you not have any of those, any of that information? Well, there are stats. I mean, so you can just go on and you can see numbers across mm-hmm. the board, right? And so we do, I mean, 
we do very well. Um, I would say that, you know, when I even measure myself to my counterparts, like we are, we have met, we meet and exceed our targets every single year, you know, so that's great. But the metric, and I think that some of this is even just population based, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. we're at 15%, it should be, you know, the national average is 17%, you know, so right. there's things like that that you go, ah, like, we're still not there, you know, and, and so for, for natural growth. Um, but I would say that we as a province, um, the thing that I'm most proud about is the fact that WESC has taken on advocacy. There's a lot of my counterparts across the country that have not necessarily gone in that deep to say, no, like, here's a charter, you know, we're going to show you where the problems are. Here's a charter you need to sign. And how are you guys doing this differently to Mm -hmm. actually give these women an opportunity and Uh not, you know, so, because a lot of what you see is the day in day out support to the entrepreneur through business advising Mm -hmm. and the loans and the financial, but what are we doing to change that systemic And so that's what I think I'm most proud of. And that, that is from my predecessor, Prabha. And so that is work that Wes did long before I, I went in. And so my job is to go, I, I still, I am the prize. Here we go. And I'm proud of it when I sit at those national tables. Yeah, absolutely. That advocacy is so huge and it's felt Mm -hmm. in this province. Yeah. So talking about measuring that impact then, are are there specific metrics or indicators that you use to evaluate these effectiveness of like your different initiatives that you're putting on? Obviously you have, Oh yeah. I know report and that type of thing, but in what, in what ways and how do you measure them? Yeah. So a lot of what we try to do is identify what stage of business women are in, you mm-hmm. know, so are you starting up? Are you, you know, are you, are you in a scale of growth um, stage? Um, because that just shows health too. Mm-hmm. When you kind of go, okay, if everyone's starting up, but no one's scaling and growing, that's an issue, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If everyone's scaling and growing, no one's starting up, that's an issue, you know, so measuring all of that to kind of go, okay, mm-hmm. you know, that's a health factor. Um, are women asking for financing? And and if they aren't, why? Mm-hmm. Um, and and asking counterparts. And it, this is nothing to this. No one makes. I'm not. West doesn't make money on giving <laughs> on providing loans. By the way, there is interest that comes in and goes right back into the pool to help other women. Yeah. Unlike banks, you know that do make a profit on yeah, interest. Right. West does not. And so. Even, you know, if no one took loans out, it's not like we go, oh, no, our, our loan portfolio would grow, you know, uh, but it that's an issue, right? So there's things like that that we are measuring going, mm, okay, so those are health factors, mm-hmm. right, in themselves. And then we kind of pay attention to, you know, because sometimes people aren't ready for business advising or the financial side is just the natural engagement, right? Um, you know, how many women are around? Are they coming to events? Are they, are they feeling that, and a lot of times we're trying to even measure, are we, West? um meeting your needs because then if we're not seeing the 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 people show up or do that then what do we what do we need Mm -hmm. to do to listen differently right what do we need to do to adjust to make sure that we are because that's a sign of of just not delivering on what what they're wanting but there there are definitely i would say more so we're measuring just those hard numbers though on startup scale sector um we kind of take a look at you know where are the sectors right we take a look at um and this is actually even they hadn't even measured this before but it is now even on um inclusivity and going okay you know great how diverse is um are, are the women that we're serving mm-hmm. um so all of those are our numbers that we report on A couple more questions left and we're talking about the future now. So what are some new and exciting initiatives that you can share uh, or some plans that are in place to further support and empower women entrepreneurs in Canada or in Saskatchewan? Yeah, well, and I I can answer both. Um, (laughs) 
because um, obviously we've got our eyes set on on Saskatchewan as West, but um, at the national level, uh, you know, government and and as government changes, you always go, yeah. uh, is there focus <laughs> on women going to yeah. change? And, yeah. um, is the fact that, you know, there's always calls for funding. And there, you know, one of the things that I found very interesting was the last big call for substantial funding was to organizations that could offer services to more than like five or more regions. And so where the federal government is actually kind of going is they're going, okay, how, you know, how much more impact can we make? And instead of it being so just in Saskatchewan, they're starting to go, Hey, Saskatchewan, could you actually offer that in Manitoba and in BC? And and you kind of go, well, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's that kind of thinking, you know, so I, I I won't go into details, but to me, even knowing that that type of thinking and those programs are being developed and we are issuing them, like, so you might see programs that are popping up that you're like, Oh, that's different. Well, that's a part, that's an ecosystem partner that we've signed an MOU with. So yeah, we're going to promote your program. And it's something that we don't offer. Of course, why wouldn't we offer it if it's something that's a total gap for us? Of course, our women need to see this. And so we are working with people from across the country now to kind of say, yeah, we absolutely are going to help. So I love that. The other is um, on the national scale is they're trying to find solutions, right? You know, I, I think that's probably what I love most about a leadership role period is finding solution. Okay, we got a problem here. We got to find a solution. Yeah. <laughs> and um and one of them is on um and we talked about the charter mm-hmm. and having a database. But when organizations do want to make that decision to support a woman entrepreneur, how we right. ha- we have a solution in Saskatchewan because advocacy is a passion of ours. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of our counterparts do not. And so that is where, you know, there are some really big thinking on, you know, national databases and things like that, where women, you know, women owned businesses across the country will now be shared. And so organizations that are committing to that level of change have these resources instead of trying to find even their own solutions, because they're trying to be intentional, right? They're now going, huh, now we have this. So there's a lot of things at the national level that I get really excited about that I'm like, Oh, I I, I love it. Um, uh, So that's one thing in society. Saskatchewan. Um, some of the things that I think, especially that you'll see from Wesk, is you know we feel like we're really we're doing pretty good in Regina mm-hmm. and Saskatoon, but we're a provincial organization. Mm-hmm. So you start to say, well, how are we serving rural Saskatchewan the way that we want to serve right. rural Saskatchewan? Right. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they are, that rural Saskatchewan isn't able to do all the programming and, and all of that because there are there are ways, but we're like, no, that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to be executing in this fiscal, uh, a rural program that nice. is, that is bringing Wesk into rural Saskatchewan. And we're very, very, very excited about that. So even right now, like our, you know, our membership base or the people that we even see that sign up for our programs is still like 30% rural, which is pretty legit. That's for population. Yeah. Um, but we want to do better. And mm-hmm. so that's that's one of the the areas. Youth is a focus, but the other is um, that you'll probably be seeing is on uh, newcomer women mm-hmm. and navigation of, of newcomer women. So rural Saskatchewan, newcomer women and West Learn. Those are the those are the things that I'd be like, watch this. Next so exciting. That's really exciting. The interjurisdictional mm-hmm. thing is really exciting because mm-hmm. yeah. I think I mean, probably a, a good thing about COVID was that like everything can be online and you can all access everything if that's like what the program is. So that's really cool. I like that. More heads are better than one. Mm -hmm. That's right. So the next question then is what skills and experiences are critical for those future generations of women to have in order to succeed in business? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like the heavy hitters at the end. Yeah. You know, 
I, it, it's tough because I, it's not like I, I don't think that that's a necessary, like this skill and this right. experience. I think for future generation, the, the, what we've, what is so great. And when you think of the time, 180 years for, you know, entrepreneurial gender parity, right. um, what I love is, is you can, we can see in our day in day out, like the way that, um, our own culture, right? Like uh, you, you are, we are watching the way family's parent is different. The mm -hmm. way our, we are raising our children is different. Um, things like that. And it's going to take continued change at that level for it to, 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 for us to get to that point where it's like, Hey, you know what? You don't have something subconscious that's telling you can't do it anymore because mm -hmm. all your life you've been told you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. We are just getting to that point where, you know, the generation is getting to the point where they were told they couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And you, you get told you don't get to do it long enough. You won't do it. And mm -hmm. so exactly. there are, there's things like that, that I get excited about that. I go, you know what, when, when we continue to see change like that, I think that we will see a, bumper um uh of change it's it's gonna yeah. it it's it's going to be magnified um because i don't think that people are going to tolerate you know if it's not mm -hmm. and so yeah. as toleration goes down um more impactful change i think will happen that's very exciting yes <laughs> i agree for it <laughs> yeah that next generation and we're already seeing it as we work that's with right. so many youth we and are. they're just yeah. like blowing my mind like the things that they do and they say and they're 18 like wow it it's is just the next generation yeah. is watch out. It's good. in a good way. Um, okay, last question. Dun, dun, dun. How does WESC envision contributing to the long-term success and sustainability of women-led businesses? Yeah, that's our that's the number one goal, really. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I think that that's the that's the number one mission is you know is is just that. And right. and if they can't or for some reason that is out of the control, you, you then go, okay, well then what else do you want to do? Like mm -hmm. to never let the, the dream die. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, that is our essence is, you know, the contributing to just long-term success. So sometimes that's, you know, you know, what I would love is that instead of women feeling that they are all alone, that they reach out. And so, um, you know, it's not, scary. It's so easy to just kind of meet up and have that person to talk to. Um, or, you know, but I, I think that that this is our goal. Um, so contributing to long-term success to women entrepreneurs in this province, that's everything. Period. That's what you're all about. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you would like to share with us, Miriam, about being an entrepreneur in Saskatchewan, about anything that makes you scared for the scaries? <laughs> well, no, but I, I think that entrepreneurs need to give themselves a pat on the back because talking about scaries, they have to face nearly all of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, and so it is not for the faint of heart. And, and I think that the women that are out there, um, you know, chasing their dreams and monetizing a hobby, figuring out how to run a business while they raise children, figuring out how to, you know, whether or not they're calling it a side gig right now or whatever, you know, for those women to just kind of go, man, you're killing it. Like, and you've got a lot of, of people around you. And so it's just, uh, you know, go find that piece. You mm -hmm. have, it's yours. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Mic drop. That is a mic drop. Uh, that's going in the intro, Miriam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that sound bite. Uh, okay, well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we love chatting with you. And uh, I think that 
hopefully everyone knows a lot more about how to access programs with WESC and how to be a successful woman entrepreneur in Saskatchewan. There are so many resources and so many fantastic mm -hmm. things that you can look into. Just chat with anyone from WESC. They are happy to help you. Um, again, lots of fun events. If mm -hmm. you are listening to this again before the 10th, come and hang out at West Connect. Yeah. Um, every month. Um, and yeah, thank you, Miriam. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. This was a pleasure. So that was absolutely incredible conversation. Thank you again, Miriam, yes, for joining us. Uh, I've learned so much. And I think that it's while there are still challenges for women entrepreneurs, it's a very promising outlook. And I'm really looking forward to those kind of expanding on those things that she had already talked about in, mm -hmm. in terms of like what's coming for the future. So in this episode already, we've discussed the barriers holding women back from thriving in entrepreneurship, along with the enormous economic potential if more women become entrepreneurs. So what's being done to change these numbers? Here's the gist. The Canadian government and its partners need to focus on equity and inclusion, making entrepreneurial mm. opportunities accessible to everyone, especially women. This means providing support, resources, and infrastructure tailored to women's entrepreneurial needs. The steps Canada is currently taking include ensuring women have access to funding options to manage business finances, so like the WESC right. funding or yeah. all those other ones that Miriam talked about, offering training, mentorship, and educational resources for skill development. Like, also an option at WESC. Yes, I'm sure other West provinces Corbin. have the same. Totally. Yeah. Creating networking opportunities for women entrepreneurs to connect and share experiences like WESC, WESC Connect, mm -hmm. uh, and addressing social barriers, barriers to foster a more inclusive business environment. Again, things that WESC is looking at. Mm -hmm. To support women entrepreneurs, the Canadian government has committed $7 billion to the Ooh. Women Entrepreneurship Strategy. Yes, big, big dollars. This program aims to assist women in starting and growing their businesses. Nice. Yes. Implementing the strategy is crucial to closing the gender gap and creating a more inclusive business landscape in Canada. And to learn more about this, you can actually visit Canada.ca for details on the Women Entrepreneurship Strategy. If you want to be an entrepreneur or you're looking at being an entrepreneur or you are an entrepreneur and you need support, you can go there to find more about that. Okay, so that's what the government's doing. Mm -hmm. So how white might we individuals move the needle in accelerating and closing that entrepreneurship gap? Well, we actually play a pretty crucial role in supporting the advancement and success of women entrepreneurs through various actions and initiatives that we can take. So here's some, I'm just going to do speed round. Mm -hmm. The first thing is be a mentor, like share your skills, experience, guide women in business, whether or not you're an entrepreneur, you still have likely unique skills, mm -hmm. whether you're marketing, HR, business, tech, whatever that can help certain businesses. So share that, share that expertise and be a mentor and mm -hmm. find those mentorship opportunities. Investor support, consider funding women-led startups. Look for those. Mm -hmm. If you have the means, do that. Promote and spread the word about young women entrepreneurs in your network or that you follow or that you've purchased from, but amplify their voices. Mm -hmm. Attend events. There's many going on. And even just by going to um, like a shopping event or a trade show, like mm -hmm. attend those events, support uh, women entrepreneurs, but connect and network with them yep. in uh, gatherings. Use your platform. Like I said, amplify women entrepreneurs stories on your social media and, and, and tag them and, and share with others. Mm -hmm. Share resource resources and introduce women entrepreneurs to other connections on LinkedIn or people that you think would make sense and support their business and advance their business advocate advocate 
advocate advocate (laughs) (laughs) support policies and always support policies promoting gender equality in workplaces um join women's groups let's start a women's group in your Mm -hmm. organization um engage with them to support women entrepreneurs look at that saskatchewan entrepreneurship charter that west has if Mm -hmm. you live in saskatchewan and look at the criteria for your organization to sign that and start advocating or including more women entrepreneurs in your business totally it's not a long list currently so i do Mm -hmm. encourage your you to look at that challenge biases like we talked about look at those gender biases call out microaggressions call out Mm -hmm. unconscious biases the only way they're going to move the dial on those systematic issues is by addressing them and acknowledging that they exist yeah and just simply buy from women-owned businesses just (laughs) try your best support us yes so all of these individual actions when combined as always can create a significant positive impact on the advancement of women entrepreneurs. By actively participating in these efforts, you can contribute to a more inclusive and diverse entrepreneurial landscape. Mm-hmm. Period. Yes. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us as we confronted these terrifying but real life statistics that impact women and girls. Stay tuned for more ways to make it a positive impact and together we can make the world a little bit less scary for it to exist as a woman. Follow us on Instagram at RaiseHerCo and at scaries.podcast and on TikTok at RaiseHerCo. Remember, change starts with awareness and action, which we are doing here today. Thank you for being a part of the Scaries community and making this world a little less scary to exist as a woman. Bye. Bye.